0: Vincit qui petiter, which is probably Latin. It means he who endures will conquer. Keep that as a guide in your life. Well, you're damn straight. Um, I am fine considering the horror I have been through. I will endure for the sake of the family, honor and name. I will endure for my parents and grandparents. You must do the same. Jesus man. What? I am fine considering the horror that I have been through. You created the horror, bro. Like, what are you talking about, man? Like unbelievable. And it is my hope that it helps anyone who has experienced deception, betrayal, and dark trauma. I'm Collier Landry, and this is Moving Past Murder. Hey, movers, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Moving Past Murder. I'm your host, Collier Landry. What's going on, everybody? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Um, happy to be back with you guys again for another episode. Uh, this one's gonna be a good one. I mean, they're all good ones, right? I like to think so. I mean, that is what uh, what y'all are telling me. Um, I wanted to give a special shout out to everyone who is joining me here from the TikTok community, from the social media interwebs. Those of you that are discovering the podcast every week, it keeps getting bigger and bigger, and. I'm really appreciative of it. I'm appreciative of you guys liking and subscribing on YouTube because it helps with the algorithm. I am appreciative of all these great reviews. I am getting on Apple podcasts and Spotify for those of you listening on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, whether you discover it on my website, call your or whether you just are coming to it because a friend told you about it. Thank you so much for those of you finding me on TikTok. Which is my new favorite thing um thank you again for uh embracing me and um and for those of you that are supporting me on patreon patreon patreon.com forward slash call your landry thank you very much and don't forget ig lives every single tuesday 11 a.m pacific 2 p.m eastern time okay that is the spiel uh it is really cool to be back this is an interesting week for me It is an interesting holiday because it is father's day. And I thought what better way to celebrate father's day than as per your requests. Letters from my father, for those of you that can see these on YouTube, there they are addressed to me. Oh, that's my old address from my father in prison. And these are around a father's day sort of time. It looks like. Judging by the envelope, we'll see. Well, one says 13th of May. The other one says 16th of June. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, but yeah. And as you guys know, when I read these letters, uh, it is, you know, it is, um, me looking at it for the first time since it was sent to me, however many years ago, these are from 1994 we've kind of been saying in the 1994 era on the last letter, the tape episode, the interview that you guys have heard where it was super wacky with my father spouting conspiracy theories ahead of his attempted appeal. Whew, that was a lot. That was an interesting doozy of a year. I was a junior in high school, right, 1994? Yeah, junior in high school. Um, Well, I guess around this time I was still a sophomore, but anyways, whatever. I was of that age, 16, 17. Interesting time in a young man's life. Anyways, on that note, let's get into our listener question review through the DMs. This one comes from Valerie0973 via my new favorite app, TikTok. And she says, Hey, listen to your episode this morning answering questions from TikTok. And I had to share a very funny moment. And that was when you said, Italian mothers believe their firstborn sons can do no wrong. Having been married to a narcissist, firstborn son of an Italian mother, this is so damn true. So glad that chapter of my life is over, kind of. He just needs to be a good dad. Adri Grass loves the sh- love the show. Your episodes just get better each time. And read more letters. Well, Valerie, guess what? We're gonna do just that. And of course, I ask her. I'm like, well, what letters are you talking about? She's like, yes, your dad's letters from prison. Prison. It is interesting to hear what's going on in his mind during the different years of his incarceration. Well, I think so too. So on that note, uh, we're going to get into this episode, the special father, this day episode of moving past murder. And we've got two letters and one feels like it has a card in it. So we're going to check that out. All right. So this one is dated May 23rd, 1994. This does indeed have a card that says go bumper. So for those of you that don't know my father's nickname for me growing up was bumper, why do I get that nickname? Because I grew up the first part of my life on a Naval base outside of Dahlgren, Virginia. And when I would point to the airplane nose cones that held all the radar, um, I would call it a bumper. And so my mother and him, uh, always called me bumper. Let's see what this says. Collier, always keep your faith in Christ. If you have faith, nothing shall be impossible unto you, says Matthew 17:20. Okay. Thought you might get a kick out of this creation. I am and always will be very proud of you. Now write me a letter. Much love. XXX. oh, daddy. 512 1994 May 12, 1994. Very interesting this is Garfield sitting with a tennis racket. Um I played tennis in high school for those of you that may or may not know. And, um, this is probably, eh, probably my favorite sport I'd say to play for sure. Um, and now what was accompanying there in another envelope that was stuck together is another letter. And this one is dated June 16th, 1994. So a few weeks later, boom, boom, boom. for those of you that are watching on YouTube, you can see the actual envelope for those of you that are listening, you'll just get to hear my wonderful commentary. Um, I was going to attempt to read this without glasses because it just looks so much better on the video, but, um, uh, alas, I am stuck with the glasses. So my little reading glasses, courtesy of amazon.com. Thank you very much for making deals on all kinds of cheap stuff that we get to purchase. I might be able to actually read this. I'm kind of proud of myself if I do Sunday evening, 5th of June, 1994. Now. I want to lead into this letter. Um, so, okay. I'm reading these letters per, uh, listener request. I know that these letters all really seem to help you guys. I know they help me reading them. Um, but they kind of give you an inside track into the mind of a sociopath, uh, sociopathy, narcissism, gaslighting, all those wonderful things. We're all so fond of not really, but it is really important that we recognize these things. So I'm just sharing these as a firsthand experience. This is kind of you know, this is a period of my life. So I'm 16 years old at this time, and this is my father writing me. I have no idea what he's going to say. Like I said, I don't read these letters until I read them on the program. Um, what I'm sharing is cause this is a, fe- a special father's day episode. And to be honest with you, man, it is really bittersweet for me because, um, I'm grateful that I have a father, <laughs> I'm grateful to be born and, um, wouldn't have that without a father on the flip side. Um, my father is a fucking nightmare (laughs) to say the least. Um, and, uh, you know, he's in prison for murdering my mother, premeditatedly murdering my mother. And, um, it's always difficult for me because I think about this time, like if I was a father and what I'd be saying to my son, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not his age at this time, but, um. I'm a few, I'm several years younger, but, uh, it's interesting. So anyways, this letter is dated Sunday evening, 5th of June, 1994. It says, dear Collier, I was very glad to receive your letter. When I do not hear from you, I think that there is something wrong or that you never receive my letters. So it is reassuring to hear from you and know that you are well, someday as a parent, you will be sensitive to these same inputs. I was glad to see that you're being kept busy. That way you, you will not wander into any trouble. Really? Um, (laughs) not that you might be the originator of any trouble, but on the contrary, it might come looking for you. The clerics always used to say that an idle mind is the devil's workshop. There is some truth to that expression. I think it is, uh, idle hands are the devil's workshop, but I don't know. Um, so what were you daddy? So what were you dad? Who knows? Um, Oh boy. I can imagine that the closing of the scholastic year and the associated parties would keep you busy. Very understandable. I'm glad to see that I did the Garfield card up correctly. You did very well with your tennis game. I think that it is a very fine tennis year for someone at your age of the game. See, I knew you used a square racket. Ha. I guess so. Mommy and I were never great tennis players. Uncle CJ, that's my father's brother, a good played a good tennis game and a very good squash game. He would beat me constantly. No falling, a very good squash player. I don't know what falling is, F-O-L-L-I-N-G. Your size and weight sound good. I am 6'3 and weigh 195 pounds. In the prison, all we get is very fatty food, so I'm extremely careful of all the things including my diet i'm very uh, sorry i am extremely careful of many things including my diet you should grow some more also don't worry about the gravity bound white boy thing that is a myth i could dunk as a senior it took that long to develop the skills i played against very good white boys that could that could leap through the ceiling with a single bounce so forget the color thing okay don't cancel me guys. This is a letter I'm reading <laughs> on the growing thing. Make sure you have adequate footwear. Don't let your feet get cramped with small fitting shoes. You will pay the price later on in life. Always check your feet daily before retiring. Very important. I mean, this is just uh, so this is like how these letters often start off with this like family advice or this, uh, sorry, this father-like advice that he likes to give me. And then. I guarantee there is going to be a manipulation twist in here 100% for certain because he can't just, he just can't help it. I mean, he just can't help it. This is it. I am very pleased at the rainbow choir group and your quote command performance. We are all very proud of you. Mommy has a tin ear and could never carry a tune. My mother actually used to say she could never carry a tune in a bucket. That was kind of funny. I was half decent in choir at school, but there was, but that was another type of environment. The real challenge is when the monks had us awake at 6.00 AM singing the Requiem mass in Latin every Friday morning. That was a real challenge. Believe me, ha. On the dealing with the quote girls, oh boy. Sage advice coming from my father, who was a chronic womanizer and philanderer is now going to give me advice on women. I wonder what he would say about my current situation in my dating life. Oy vey. Oh man. Uh on dealing with the quote girls. Well, that's a part of life and growing up. Just do not be too eager or too committed at this early age. It is important to get your head on and its proper footing. And yes, yes, I agree that it is very difficult to live with or without them. Caution is the byword. Oh boy. You will meet the. Oh, here we go. Okay. Here he is giving some advice. You will meet the correct girl in your life when the time comes, so do not quote rush things. It is only the exceptional person like mommy that one meets in a lifetime. Perhaps you will have the same opportunity as I had. Okay, great. All right. So let me see if I got this straight. So you, (laughs) so my father who murdered my mother is telling me how exceptional of a woman my mother was that he murdered, um, that he was having multiple affairs on that he impregnated a girlfriend slash mistress while he was married to her before he murdered her but she was a special person, a once in a lifetime. Well, I mean, I know that, but um, come on, man. And this is the thing with my father. I mean, these letters are just, in, they're just insane sometimes. Well, they're always insane. By the way, have you read the book Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger? This is normally read in school at your age group. I enclosed at the end of the, this letter an address and the name of a book that might help you. It should be in your school vocational office or check it out at the mall bookstores. I don't know about Wendy's. You might get real sick of hamburgers really quickly. Oh, I remember why he's talking about this. Cause I actually got a job at this time, um, working at Wendy's, which for those of you that don't know, Wendy's is a hamburger joint. Um, that I worked at in high school flipping burgers, which was like my first real, real job. I mean, yeah, outside of babysitting. So, um, interesting. Wow. Um, I don't know about Wendy's you might get a real, you might get real sick of hamburgers really quickly Ha, Just remember be on time punctual and don't be trying to be the quote smart guy and don't be giving away the boss's profits. This is also a learning experience in dealing with the public. Remember, you will be the object of looks and stares because of whom you are. Oh boy. You are the son of Noreen and Dr. Jack people know this and will be watching you perhaps out of curiosity or perhaps out of jealousy, who knows? And who cares, but you must conduct yourself with pride and honor. Oh my, here we go. As I said, here comes the manipulation. Um, <laughs> you are the result of two very proud families. The blood flows in your veins. The genes are there in you of two very good people. Never forget that. Whatever occurs, never forget exclamation point, exclamation point. I imagine when the Akron beacon journal article comes out. You will be in for some stares, but do not let that bother you. You must conduct yourself with honor and pride. Um, well, it is pride month. So that's interesting. Um, happy pride month, by the way, to all my LGBTQ plus friends out there. Um, happy pride month. Uh, this is, (laughs) this is so crazy to me because now he's alluding to this article. So the article he's alluding to is there was an, a news reporter named Ted joy, who wrote an article for the Akron beacon journal. He was an investigative journalist and he was writing an article about my father's appeal. And much like the episode that came out a couple of weeks ago called the tape, uh, where my father is interviewed on this Christian radio station with Dr. Uh, sorry, um, not Dr. Geez, uh, pastor, Ernie Sanders and Jim Clouse, or actually it's just Pastor so and Ernie Sanders that interviewed him. Um, you know, he's sort of spouting his conspiracy theories now that this letter is dated what i would say the 5th of june 1994 that interview comes out came out in like december 29th 1994 so six seven months later almost seven months later or six months later um so what's very interesting is he's setting all this up so this article came out in the acrobeacon journal that essentially and this reporter spoke to me back then but essentially the the article alludes to the fact that my mother's body was not that of my mother potentially which is a lot to swallow as a young man and um so much so that when that that um assertion or sort of theory that it wasn't my mother's body and this was based on things like uh eye color, her eye color was wrong. Her body weight was wrong. Um, that it was, look, it's a lot for me to deal with because there was a lot of a you know, people alluding to the fact that a, it wasn't my mother's body. And that's a lot to take in, especially as someone who, who was absolutely convinced that his father murdered his mother so much so that I testified at my father's trial for two days against him, um, for the prosecution. So I remember at this time, and, and you know, when the episode, of the tape came out a couple weeks ago, I was talking to my adopted parents, uh, George and Susan Ziegler, and, um, we were discussing this particular time of just sort of, you know, the confusion that I had as a young man and sort of the, their willingness to aid me in that, and to make sure that I got the answers that I, that I was looking for. And so much so that they, you know, my, uh, adoptive father, George took me to give DNA evidence, uh, you know, gave blood. And mind you, this is 1994. So DNA evidence and research and things like that is, is a lot different than it is nowadays. You know, it was very primitive at that time. And even then it was really, really good for what it was, but it is has evol- evolved obviously with technology, you know, exponentially. Hey, movers. So I want to take a moment right now to break away from our regular content and tell you about our very first sponsor. Now, this is a really big deal for us. So here's the story. The other day, my producer was out for a walk and struck up a conversation with one of her neighbors. He asked what she did and she told him, hey, I'm a podcast producer. And he's like, that's fantastic. I love podcasts. And he said, what are you working on? And of course she says, well, Moving past murder with Collier Landry, of course. He said that he was a real fan of true crime and wanted to know more. So she got into explaining my history, my mission, what we're doing with the show. And he said, You know what? Don't even finish. I want to be a sponsor. He said that he was admiring what we were doing so much and he just wanted to help us out. And he didn't ask for anything in return. But we are so appreciative and so thankful that we wanted to tell you a little about him and his restaurant. So his name is Bruce, and he is the owner of Pinnell's Restaurant in Saratoga Springs, New York. He inherited the business from his father, and he has been feeding families for decades in the Saratoga Springs, New York area. Now they do family-friendly Italian cuisine, and the reviews at this place on Yelp are out of this world. And look, it's Father's Day weekend this weekend, and if you are in the Saratoga Springs, New York area. I highly recommend taking dad to that special place, Pinnell's Restaurant in Saratoga Springs, New York. Check it out. Tell Bruce that Moving Past Murder sent you and enjoy your father's day. So I was in a really confused state. So my father is again teeing this up to sort of plant seeds of doubt in my mind because he's gonna seek an appeal with his uh, with his lawyer, who I believe was named Tom Adgate. So he was gonna seek this appeal and he was going to, um, you know, try to get out of prison and try to essentially throw me under the bus soon enough, saying that I was manipulated by the prosecution and yada, yada, all this wonderful stuff. But let's continue because this is very interesting now, because now the, as we see the tide has changed from the fatherly advice to now like, oh, here, I'm going to allude to all of these things. And yeah. Oh boy. Um, okay. But I should know that I am the result of two very proud families and the blood that flows through my veins are the genes of two, are very, two, very good people. Oh man. Um, I believe the article will be out in about two more weeks. It is in the editing process. And I think Ted said it will be ready on 19th of June, 1994. As soon as I know for certain, I will let you know the exact dates. Ted has reassured me that the Akron beacon journal is committed to publication as they have spent more than $50,000 on researching the story. I mean, $50,000. I most certainly hope not that they didn't spend that kind of money back then in 1994. That's all, it's a lot of cake now. That's a lot of cake back then. That's for sure. Um, $50,000 on researching the story. Plus the Akron beacon journal was threatened and some files broken into by unknown individuals. So they are hot to print the story. I mean, here we are. This is more of the, um, this is more of the conspiracy theory playing out right before our eyes, you know, again, this is gonna, this is gonna tie into the, to the past episodes. It's very interesting. We're sort of stuck in this 1994 period of time right now, because it is gonna start to elude and it's gonna just all kind of morph into this whole thing that my father, he's teeing up all this conspiracy theory and here we go even more. We are preparing another appeal before the federal court scheduled to be there On the 20th of June, 1994, which is uncle CJ's birthday, which is my father's brother, my godfather. Um, again, one of the people who I've never really heard from at all, who is not in my life, who I've tried multiple times to get into my life and keep into my life and to no avail. Uh, anyways, doesn't matter. Um, We are preparing another appeal before the federal court scheduled to be there on the 20th of June, which is uncle CJ's birthday. So more waiting, but the quote bombshell article will start on or about the 19th of June time period and run for four days. George will probably get the paper for you all. George meaning my adopted father. Cobras eh? Boy, do you sure have your mother's taste for the sporty cars? Mommy and I were always car nuts. So I guess you come with that naturally. Now I think I'm probably talking about a Cobra because my uncle Bill, who was my grandfather's younger brother, my grandfather, grandpa Ziegler's younger brother, Bill Ziegler, whose wife Wanda was recently passed away. God rest her soul. And Bill, who does listen to the program, who does not necessarily agree with why I'm doing the program, but he is my family and I love him. And, uh, he used to have a Cobra kit car, a red Cobra. And I'm probably had told my father that. So shout out to you, uncle Bill, if you are listening, Bill Ziegler, um, mommy and I were always car nuts. So I guess you have, you come with that naturally. Mommy and I always attended the SCCA races when we were growing up in pa pennsylvania car racing like you have at the lexington racetrack lexington racetrack is the mid-ohio sports racetrack which is in lexington ohio where they have they have some pretty big races i don't you know i've been to it a few times i'm not really sure who all goes there but i'm sure it is very cool uh mommy and i saw the original cobras run in the 1963-64 And clobber the Corvettes and the Ferraris hands down. They are very exciting cars on Sherry and Chrissy at your home. This is interesting. Okay. So at this time, my adopted parents were trying to cultivate a relationship with my, uh, half sister Chrissy who, okay, this is 1994. So she would have been four years old. Um, and with her mother, uh, Sherry Campbell. And, um, as good parents who have adopted a son, they always wanted to cultivate this relationship. Um, so she would come to the house, which was honestly very daunting for me because I had a lot of issues with her. I think a lot of people would understand that, but at the same time, my parents were trying very genuinely to, um, to make sure that we had a relationship growing up because I was not able to have a relationship with my sister Elizabeth who was adopted and, um, uh, you know, she was pretty much, uh, I was pretty much expatriated from her life and, uh, pariah and, um, you know, she, uh, I think they wanted to at least see that relationship, uh, come to fruition, which it, it ultimately did for a while until I made the film, but, um, I'll continue, on Sherry and Chrissy at your home. Remember that Chrissy is just four years. Oh, she's four years old. See, there we go. It's just four years old and hasn't seen much of you. So she will be shy. She is your half sister. Be courteous and loving. That is another mark of responsibility that you are learning. I can understand your feelings about the divorce, but at this time you still do not have enough information to make a rational decision on the divorce. I still get angry when I think about your conduct at the trial. Oh boy. Wow. I still get angry when I think about your conduct at the trial. I realize you were manipulated to conduct yourself that way. Someday you will see what I am talking about, but the issue for the moment is that you must be cordial and on good behavior at all times. I will, it will make a better person of you understand. Wow. I, my father literally says to me, I still get angry. When I think about your conduct at the trial, I realize you were manipulated to conduct yourself that way, but someday you will see what I am talking about. Let us be very clear for the record yet. Once again, I was not manipulated. It's, it's actually like this shit's actually insulting to me because my father mentioned it in the tape letter, the, the. Um, the pastor, Ernie Sanders mentioned it in that interview and a lot of people who were staunch defenders of my father all tried to say, and allude to the fact that I was manipulated by the prosecutor, James J. Mayer, Jr. Uh, Jerry alt, his assistant prosecutor, David Messmore, uh, the police, massively police department as a whole, yada, yada, yada. Let me be clear for the record for those living in the cheap seats, I was not fucking coached, manipulator or anything. Do you understand that I testified at trial for 2 days and how hard that shit is to remember, to keep straight if I was lying or manipulated a child on a witness stand in front of television cameras having his testimony broadcast live over television through a courtroom full of people? Okay. You can't imagine the pressure that I was under as a child to be able to remember some sort of rehearsed script or narr- or false narrative is utterly fanciful to think that anyone, let alone an adult, but let alone a child could actually remember something like that under that kind of pressure and duress is insane. Um. No one planted in my mind of the fact that on the morning of December 31st, 1989, I awoke to a scream and the sound of two loud thuds. When I woke up that next morning, after I pretended to be asleep, as my father looked in my room, or believe my father, I come downstairs the next morning after not finding my mother, after seeing all her sheets scattered and not in the bed, not made and not finding her or any blood or anything. I confront my father and my father says, mommy took a little vacation, call." Your verbatim. Nobody planted that in my head because I'm the one that told police investigators that because that's exactly what happened. And for those of you that have seen the film, A Murder in Mansfield, you know how the quote unquote final scene, showdown, epic conclusion, whatever we wanna call it, in the film, when I confront my father in prison does go down because he does admit, well, a little bit, just watch the film. Um, but I will tell you something, man. Um, happy father's day. I mean. Again, this is the gaslighting. This is the manipulation and, you know, and he, and here, I still get angry when I think about your conduct at trial. I mean, that's crazy. And by the way, you must never forget that you are the result of two people that loved each other very much. At one time you were conceived from love. You are not a quote unwanted person. By the family, this is 1994. My father writes this, telling me that my family, that I'm not an unwanted person by my family and by my family, he's referring to not only my, uh, my father's side of the family, my uncle, CJ, my aunt, Mimi at the time, my father, my grandmother, but also my mother's family, my aunt Carol and her husband at that time, God rest his soul. Uncle Sut. I still, to this day do not have a relationship with these people. Now Sut unfortunately has passed away. I don't know if my, I believe my aunt Carol is still alive, which is my mother's sister. I have no relationship with any of these people, and it is not for a lack of trying on my part as both a child by my adopted family, the Zigglers reaching out to them time and time again, to try to cultivate and to, to try to. Have some semblance of normalcy, <laughs> because my adoptive family was a very massive family. My adoptive father had uh, nine brothers and sisters. My my mother, uh, adoptive mother Susan, had four brothers and sisters. We have a very big family. I remember going to family <laughs> family reunion or Christmas party or whatever it was. Christmas party. Uh, the first year there was like there was like a hundred some people, which was probably very small at the time. But I was like, like my head was spinning. You know, I had gone from being an only child to having a sister to then being adopted and then into this family after being through the foster care system. So, this is, yeah. Um, I'm here to say that they still don't want me. But distant members of my family who, through the film, through the podcast, recently through TikTok, Fucking TikTok, man. I'll tell you, it is, it is quite, quite an adventure on TikTok. I am not kidding. Um, these people have reconnected with me and it is very, very cool. And they are on my father and mother's side and they are distant, like second cousins and people that have that always wondered what happened to me and have reached out. So there is a lot of good that has come from all of this. And um, despite the abandonment of the immediate family circle around me, it is very cool to have them embrace me. Um, so yeah, happy father's day on this one. And it gets better. I can read down here on these lines. It's, it's even better. Try to reconcile yourself with your family. Call the right Grammy bumper. She is heartbroken over your loss. Do not penalize her for anything you perceive mommy and I doing granny, granny, Grammy. Grammy is not part of any conspiracy or crime understands that he's referring to my grandmother, who is his mother as my Italian grandmother, who I had a relation, she was actually the one person I really had a relationship with until she passed away in 1998 of which I never was even notified. I just happened to call on the day that it was her funeral. Can you believe that? Of course you can, because this is just the insanity that my family puts me through. Um, anyways, she will soon be gone from this earth. Please make an effort to see or call her. It is a, it is a duty you will never regret in the future. And I, I never regretted that. I had quite a great relationship with her, especially when I was in college. I would go up and see her. My last memory of my grandmother is making pizzelles in her kitchen with her. Pizzelles are little Italian cookies with anise or, or honest as some people call it, or I call it honest Some people call it anise, um, or, or lemons, uh, lemon peel, things like that. They're chocolate. Uh, they're little Italian cookies. You put them in a press. They're really good. Um, and it's something you do with your Italian grandmother is you make up uh, pizzelles. Um, but, uh, I remember her saying very distinctly, she said, my Jackie. What a waste of talent. That was one of the last things she said to me because she was thinking about my father and she, she knew what he did. She didn't, I don't, she didn't know it at the time, but you know, and she didn't want to accept it. And, um, I think she finally did before she uh, left this earth. So, um, God rest her soul. I really loved her. She was wonderful. She will soon be gone from this earth. Please make an effort to see her. Call her. It is a duty. You will never regret in the future. I do hope you are doing fine. I realize this entire nightmare has been stressful on all of us, but we must endure. Yeah. No shit, man, because you created this entire fucking nightmare, man. Like, oh my God. Vincit qui petiter, which is probably Latin. It means he who endures will conquer. Keep that as a guide in your life. Well, you're damn straight. Um. I am fine considering the horror I have been through. I will endure for the sake of the family honor and name. I will endure for my parents and grandparents. You must do the same. Jesus, man. What? I am fine considering the horror that I have been through. You created the horror, bro. Like, what are you talking about, man? Like unbelievable. I mean, un-fucking-believable. I don't even know. Sometimes the shit that comes out of my father's mouth or out of his pen or typewriter in this case is mind boggling. (laughs) If you have any questions about anything, please ask me and I will give you the straight poop on the issues. I will not pull any punches just as I would not do if I were home with you now. Oh boy. Enough preaching. (laughs) about the driving business again. Did you take a driver's education course at school? Remember, to drive George's car will cost money because of the insurance risks, so this is not any light or easy task for George to consider. Plus, the safety issues are always there. You are a good driver, but suppose some quote nut is tooling around and hits you. eh? You can be hurt just as easily. Well, I'll close for the moment. Please write again as you, as you can fit me into your time schedule. It is important to my mental health to know how my child is doing. Someday you will understand this. uh, This also, I mean, it is important to his mental health. Again, this is the crazy thing about these letters. And I know you guys that are listening to this are going what in the literal fuck is happening. It's all about him. I mean, it always circles back to him. That is the wonderful thing about narcissism and sociopathy. In my father's case, this is the, this is, this is the thing. I mean, I'm reading this and I'm really heartbroken in a lot of ways because nothing has changed. So that should be a lesson to all of us. I think that nothing has changed. That if you really don't have, if you really are a narcissist and a sociopath, you really lack the fundamental cores of the very essence of what makes us all human, at least in my opinion, um, you know, look, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a doctor or any of those things. I am just a person with a fucking shit ton of experience in dealing with this shit. We are talking about 30 years of my life. Actually, we're talking about my entire life. What am I saying? 30 years of my life. We are talking about my entire life. I lived with my father until I was 11 years old. And then I've been dealing with his bullshit ever since. So I've been living with this my entire life. And I will continue to live with this until I probably take my last breath on this earth, which I hope is a very, very long time from now. <sighs> but I'll tell you, I mean, I can't imagine being my father, writing this to my son. Having done what he did. It's all about him and his mental health. It's all about him. It is important to my mental health to know how my child is doing. Someday you will understand this also. Always remember that I quote, love you very much. You are in my thoughts and prayers. Always keep me in yours. Watch out for those singles, doubles and triples go with God, my son, much love daddy and the book that he referred to in the letter, (laughs) writing your college application essay by S M McGunty from 1991 in college book, college board preparatories. Oh, got it. It's an address in New York city. <laughs> That's what he's saying. It was nine ninety five at the time. I don't know what I think about all this right now. This can be really hard to swallow. Um, this is my father. This is a man whose blood same blood courses my veins. And that's really It's a lot to think about. It's a lot to It's a lot to process. Sometimes I read these letters and I think they're just wackadoo. And sometimes I read them and they just really affect me. And this is one that really affects me because it ping pongs between trying to give me some sort of fatherly advice that I always craved. And I especially was craving at this point in my life as a 16 year old young man who is processing his adolescent sort of upbringing, you know, the spring of his life. I don't know. Is that what you would call it? I don't know. You know, it was an important time for me learning how to drive, things like that, which is what you kind of want your father to teach you to do. However, as disturbing as all this is, there is a silver lining to this and the silver lining is this as terrible as this situation is with my father as difficult as it has been, there are unfortunately a lot of kids in this world that have had to deal with this. And a lot of people, my age, a lot of you listeners out there that are listening to this program, this podcast, uh, they're watching this on YouTube. I know that a lot of you have dealt with this in your own personal lives. And that's why my material connects with you. It does not escape me how fortunate I am. Because on the flip side, I was gifted a wonderful example of a father. So to my father, George Washington Ziegler, I love you. Thank you for being a real man in my life. Teaching me right from wrong, teaching me how to drive attempting to teach me about girls. I can remember, uh, (laughs) a girl coming to the door one time and my father saying, this wasn't the girl, this wasn't the lab. The girl was here the other night, Collier. (laughs) Thanks, George. But seriously, thank you, George, for being an example. of what a real man should be. I love you. And happy Father's Day. (laughs) And on that note, I'm Collier Landry, and this is Moving Past Murder. Thanks, y'all. This podcast is made possible by support from listeners just like you. Please subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible. Find us on YouTube, youtube youtube.com forward slash Collier Landry. The film A Murder in Mansfield is available on Investigation Discovery, Discovery Plus, and Amazon Prime Video. This podcast is a production of Don't Touch My Radio in association with RSA Entertainment. Please visit mpmpodcast.com to show your support today.